Today's another special episode. We have a special guest. We have Mitchell back on Mr. Spooky 13. Uh, Please follow his TikToks, follow him and stalk him on social media. Uh, I'm sure he would appreciate that. Uh, But hey, thanks for joining us today, Mitchell. Thank you for having me once again. (laughs) I am just over the moon to be here once more with you. Yay. Thank you. Um, So what are we talking about today? Do you want to get into it? Today, we are going to talk about paranormal television and (laughs) mainly paranormal television of the 90s and early 2000s, because I kind of feel like that was the golden age of the renaissance (laughs) of of just like tuning in Like, you could just turn the channel and a show will have some sort of spooky, true crime, paranormal theme to it. Mm. To be honest, in television's beginnings, in, like, the 1940s, one of the very first TV shows was a paranormal TV show. It was called The Ghost Speaks. And it was a 15-minute show where someone, I kid you not, he literally was just wearing a towel around his face and white makeup. And he would be like, I am a ghost. And he would, like, tell how how he died. And there would be weekly episodes of that. And that was one of the first, like, television shows in, like, the, the, like, 1940s, like, right when television was beginning. Oh, my goodness. I've never heard of that. I feel like I need to know about that and look that up. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, with could... like television, like so, is just like so simple back then. When you think about like that's like something someone would devote their week to yeah. watching. <laughs> I mean, I mean, back in its infancy, television was like um, very much, very much. It was a novelty because tele- TV sets back in the forties were like quite a bit of money like yeah. and the the screen was so tiny you could barely see um people still listen to the radio you could you could even say that the links of paranormal tv began back with radio um mercury theater on the air the war of the worlds broadcast um they did an adaptation of dracula things like that um really really that's kind of where the the spark began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh oh, who was it? I did an episode on what was his name? He used to uh do paranormal investigating and he would like post about it in the newspaper and he was like one of the first Zach Bagans. Uh, ha- Harry Gross? Here, no, it yeah. Well, I'll have to come back to you on that I, one. Well, it's it's funny you mentioned that. No, because... Harry Price. Harry Price. You Harry Price. Harry Price. Yes. 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 Harry Price. yes. Maurice Gross was the one who uh, investigated the the um the Anfield poltergeist. So I'm getting the names mixed up. But yeah, Harry Price. Yeah, very yeah. much very much that that kind of celebrity paranormal investigator. Um which then kind of became you know that person and Ed and Lorraine <laughs> Warren and you know a lot of people we yeah anyways but yeah. that's kind of where that begins 
fast forward from the 1940s to 1959, 1960. Um, sure, the Twilight Zone and other paranormal TV shows had already started coming out. But there was one show that did, I want to say, about 69 episodes. Hold on, let me look. Let me look up the actual number while I've got you here. It lasted for three seasons. And which you don't think is a lot, but you know, back then that's that's a lot of episodes. But they did, I want to say about 69 episodes. It was called One Step Beyond. And their their premise was these are quote unquote true stories about um paranormal things, mainly psychic phenomenon. Um, they did, I do remember they did an episode based on um the sinking of the Titanic, a woman had like a premonition that that the Titanic was going to sink. So she like refused to board. Um, and they quoted, have you ever heard of the author who wrote a short story before the Titanic sank called Futility? Yes. Yes. Um... Yes. So they they kind of referenced that, that she was like also reading the story or something like that. Yeah. So they reference that That's case in it. Insane. I was... uh listening to the audiobook of A Night to Remember and they yes. talk about that in the first chapter of it that futility like the book was so on the nose with the sinking of the Titanic. It's just like crazy. like like crazy. dead on. Like yeah. there were yeah. so many there were so many things in that case in that in that like short story that like full on kind of go one on one with with um the titanic now mind you ghost hunting was ghost stories and ghost hunting were still very popular but like psychic phenomenon was more the vogue in the 1950s um they also did an episode about the 1906 san francisco earthquake the lincoln assassination like a bunch of people like having like visions and trying to stop these from happening Mm. um a lot of a lot of like paranormal TV shows in the sixties. The sixties was a big boon for like fictional accounts of paranormal. There was um, beyond beyond one step beyond, which was kind of based in reality. There's one of my favorite TV shows, Dark Shadows. Which oh my goodness, I was just about to say that. Oh my goodness, nineteen sixty six through nineteen seventy one. They adapted. It was it was a daily soap opera. So the first like year and a half, it was more like like mysteries in a mansion, and maybe there's a ghost. And then like it's just very dark and brooding episodes. And then all of a sudden, like bam, we're just gonna introduce. Well, first they introduced a character who was a phoenix, and the mystery. She was like the ex-wife of one of the main characters, Roger Collins, and she's coming back to like reclaim her son, David. And what really she's trying to do is drag him out into like where she can burn them both alive so they can be reborn as phoenixes. This is wild for like a soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> so the ratings were kind of like down. So Dan Curtis, the creator is like, well, we already started going into the supernatural. Let's just, you know, go full hog and they introduced a vampire character barnabas collins and since then they just they just didn't turn back they went like the the ratings climbed they introduced werewolves they introduced ghosts they introduced 
um, a a take on the Cthulhu mythology. They did like oh, an wow. adap adaptation for that. They did. They traveled back in time. They traveled to the future of 1995. The future. Of oh 1995. wow! I wonder. I wonder how many things they got right versus how many things very, were like, ridiculous. Very little. Very little. Oh, they got okay. very little right. <laughs> um, I love that. I love that when shows in the past, like in the 70s, go to like a future year, quote unquote, and it's still 70s fashion. Yes. Yeah. They very much well, did that on Dark Shadows. I mean. They should go exactly 30 years into the future in order for the fashion to be cyclical, you know, because <laughs> yeah, that seems yeah. to be what happens, you know, <clears throat> like we're in our like sort of 90s wear right now, uh, yeah. 90s were 30 years ago in the 90s, people were like wearing stuff from like the 60s, you know, um, so anyways, that's a whole nother episode for another day <laughs> totally they adapted so many works of gothic fiction they adapted um rebecca by daphne du Maurier. they oh, adapted wow. dr jekyll and mr hyde dracula frankenstein the pit and the pendulum they adapted um jane eyre that was the first storyline was the mystery of the governess victoria winners and they adapted the crucible they did a witch trial episode a witch trial storyline they did two witch trial storylines they did so much on the show and eventually um in 1971 the ratings had just the ratings just kind of plummeted out mm. um they say part of that is because um the it was very much youth oriented like like my parents and grandparents were like oh we ran home from school to watch this show um, so a lot of kids are watching it. And in 1971, a, a movie came out called House of Dark Shadows. And the parents saw that and they're like, wow, this is really violent. Maybe you shouldn't be watching this, Timmy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Little Timmy probably shouldn't be watching. So the ratings plummeted. They eventually canceled it. But it has like a very strong fan base. Um, like, I mean, like, you know, 2012, they, re they made that, they, Tim Burton made that, Dark Shadows <laughs> movie, which a lot of people, a lot of people know the series of now, but like, yeah, me being the the weird kid who was raised by the Sci-Fi Channel, that was kind of I knew Dark Shadows from its original run. Oh yeah, I've only watched the first season of Dark Shadows where they're very much hinting at something's going to happen, yeah. but not revealing too much. Some um, of yeah. The black and white episodes, in my opinion, are the scariest episodes. I was like um, super addicted. And then yeah. I can find the second season anywhere online. So it's just, I'm just. It's all on Tubi, besties. If you want to watch Dark Shadows, <laughs> every single episode's on Tubi. Um, one, of the, one of the images of Dark Shadows that's so scary is there's, there's kind of a, there's this ghost story that's kind of interlaying about the the vampire Barnabas, his first love, Josette, she she figures she figures out he's a vampire and she jumps off of a hill and her ghost still haunts the old house where Barnabas lives now. And so in one episode, this is before they even introduce Barnabas, they, they cut to her portrait on the fireplace and she emerges from the portrait, climbs down, <laughs> goes outside of the house and starts like like dancing outside of the house. And it's just so scary, just so scary. But we're getting we're getting way off track right oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so the sixties we have. 
I did want to mention like some of my favorite shows in the 60s were like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. Bewitched. Genie. I'm sure you were going to bring Genie, up. The Monsters. Monsters. Exactly. Oh yeah, The Monsters. Very, How did I even the forget The Monsters. I Dream of Jeannie. So many shows in the 60s and early 70s had kind of like a, a supernatural theme to it. Mm. Um, the Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Great story about uh, a widow who I think she she comes to this lighthouse to raise some children and the ghost of a sea captain who was in charge of the lighthouse he's like haunting it very very cute show um but again yeah bewitched bewitched right up there at the top yeah but these are all kind of fictional paranormal shows yeah fast forward to the 70s and there was a series of shows called in search of hosted by Leonard Nimoy, a.k.a. Spock. And these shows, oh my God, they I love watching them. A lot of them are on YouTube, and nothing is better than having Spock tell you about Bigfoot. <laughs> and they did, they did a lot of different, like a lot of different mysteries besides paranormal stuff. Um, they did an episode on like who Jack the Ripper was. They did an episode about like, like the Bermuda Triangle, um, the the Oak Island mystery. Have you ever heard about the Oak Island mystery? Maybe you the 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 there's allegedly like a, a buried treasure on this island, and no one has ever been able to oh, find it. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah. There was a recent show on I want to say Discovery Channel or Travel Channel about that too. Mm-hmm. And that guy had um, like he spent like his whole life for oh whole life. Still, many still men looking for spent, it. <laughs> many men have spent their life savings yeah. trying to um, trying to find this treasure, and they did an episode on that. Um, one of my favorite episodes because this came out right after, like a, a, along the time that the Amityville Horror movie came out. So they did an episode about the Amityville Horror, and um. That's one of the first times that they showed on TV that infamous picture of the, the kid with the glowing eyes. Mm. Yeah. Which yeah. Um, has recently been debunked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who would have um, thought a case involving the Warrens could be debunked? <laughs> who would have thought? Oh, who would have thunk? <laughs> um, little, 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 little kind of going off a side path again. Um, when I was in the haunted house industry years and years ago, I had friends going to um, HauntCon and they met, they met um, George Lutz and he was trying to drum up business for an Amityville horror themed like haunted house. Mm-hmm. And that was the first, that was my first time. Like, it was like, okay, maybe the story isn't so real. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, okay, you went on to something there because an Amityville haunted house would be pretty would- freaking cool. Oh yeah, people would go to it. They would love you know, that stuff. But way but to like, I'm like way to discredit I'm, yourself. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> you went through this incredibly traumatic experience where yeah. after three months you couldn't you had to like like move out of your house and leave. So yeah, that was um that was kind of my first like, okay, maybe this case isn't so truthful. Yeah. Um they did episodes about Nessie. They did they did an episode about Yetis. We're not talking about Bigfoot or Sasquatch. We're talking about the like Himalayan mytho- mythological yeti, mm-hmm. and they showed the like yeti scalp 
which um, some scientists believe was actually just an orangutan scalp that was um, like warped. Um, and they showed a Yeti, I, I want to say finger bone. And the story behind this is actually hilarious. You know, um, actor, the actor James Stewart from like, It's a Wonderful Life, Harvey. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rope is one of my favorite movies. Like, yeah. oh, you know, he was a par- you know, he was a cryptozoologist. I did not know that, but now I feel so, like I love him even more, you know? Because because he was like this big name actor, he was able to go to places that you really, you know, you really, the regular Tom, Dick, or Harry aren't really invited to go to. <laughs> so he went to this monastery in Tibet. This is, this is really like not, not the best story for Mr. Stewart. And he smuggled out their like sacred Yeti bone. He put it in, he put it in his wife's like underwear in, in her luggage because people wouldn't look there. Like, 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 sir, my unmentionables, how dare you? Smuggled (laughs) it back, smuggled it back to the United States. And it turned out it wasn't, it wasn't like, like they did testing on it. It was, I think it was just an orangutan bone. Mm. Which yeah, but also, like, where are they getting orangutan body parts in Tibet? Like, up in the Himalayas? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, That's so funny. You have to be a really supportive wife, too. To, like, sometimes. have... You know? To have... To have bones put in your... In your panties, in your undies. yeah. <laughs> um, so, originally, In Search Of was supposed to be hosted by Rod Serling from The Twilight Zone. Yeah. But um, he unfortunately died before the show came out. So they got the next best thing, which is Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just love the way Leonard Nimoy says certain words. Like he's got one of those voices that like kind of soothes me, kind of like Martha Stewart. Like I love hearing Leonard Nimoy talk. And especially when he's talking about like <laughs> Dracula. Like one of the specials was In Search of Dracula. And that's where we kind of get the concept of Vlad Tepes being the inspiration for Bram Stoker to write Dracula. Um, that special very much quoted, um, I'm going to really butcher this man's name, but Florences Radu, he wrote a book called In Search of Dracula. And that's that special was kind of jumping off of that. So In Search of Big Hit, um, and we're going to fast forward again now to the 80s to our favorite, 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 favorite. So many people grew up watching this show. 1987 premieres Unsolved Mysteries. Yay! I can, I can hear the theme song now. <laughs> speaking of soothing voices, I literally watch Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack every single night to go to sleep. Uh, yes, Robert. It's Robert Stack or nothing. Dennis yeah. Farina. Uh. Uh-uh. Dennis Farina didn't have the same gravitas. It's you have no. to have that that deep voice of Robert Stack. Oh yeah. Maybe you could solve a mystery. It's like <laughs> this Pavlov effect too. Now when I mm-hmm. hear the mo- the show, like I start to get sleepy, and it's really hard for me to stay awake during these shows, even though I find them fascinating and I love them, but. Yeah, I've trained myself to like go to bed to uh, you know, hearing about alien abductions and demons, you know. <laughs> unsolved un- the good thing the thing I love about unsolved mysteries is 
the amount of mysteries they were able to solve. Oh yeah. After every, oh, yeah. after every episode, there would be like the, the 1-800 number you'd call in. There'd be the tip lines. They've put so many criminals behind bars. They reunited so many lost loves and lost mm-hmm. family members. There was so like so many families were given closure to like yeah. their missing persons cases. There's like this, and not only that, so too. many of them. Oh, I was going to say that there's this yeah, like, specific like, music like, when they the, solve the it update. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. They always have the little updates. They have the yeah, updates yeah. at the end. Um, a few of a few of my favorite cases. The fourth episode, they do the Queen Mary episode, and that was such a fun episode. Did you watch the Queen Mary episode of Unsolved Mysteries? I I don't think I've seen that uh, at all. Oh God, but... you, you need to, you need to watch. It's the fourth episode of the entire series. Um, they at one point, this woman who works in um, engineering on the ship talks about seeing a woman in black and white jumping in the pool, and I'm like, okay, black and white ghost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A woman, a woman working in the restaurant talks about um, she's serving breakfast and this woman's just ha- sipping her tea and she goes to pour her some coffee and the woman's not there anymore. Um, they talk about they talk about the same woman who worked in the engine room talks about being on the escalator and someone right behind her and she turns around and he's wearing overalls. So that possibly was John Petter, a.k.a. Half Hatch. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, for those of you who are listening, if you don't know what the Queen Mary is, one, shame on you. Uh, but I ran into yeah. people who don't know about the Queen Mary. And if you're into the paranormal, you should definitely know about this boat. It is a oh, boat definitely. in Long Beach that is docked and they use it as a hotel. And um, it's circa like early 1900s built uh original cruise line built in 1936 um it during world war ii it did multiple tours of duty bringing like thousands and thousands and thousands of servicemen back and forth from the united states to europe um so as you can tell it's super super haunted oh yeah they called her the gray ghost because she was so fast but i think that's Mm -hmm such a premonition for what was yet to come with this beautiful ship but yeah you and I both have a very soft spot for this boat Um, yeah it's listeners it's for me it's like having a haunted house in your backyard having one of the world's most haunted places in your backyard that lets you come on board and not only that like you just walk on board and you just overcome with the history you can like smell the history you can see and feel it. it's just it just yeah um another episode of unsolved mysteries that like terrified me was the haunting of the comedy store in los angeles oh that one was just on yes that one's so freaking scary so scary um long story short the haunted the comedy store in los angeles used to be a mafia hangout and people working there in like the 90s and 80s talked about like seeing seeing men in like pinstripe jumpsuits and not jumpsuits pinstripe suits and like you know mafioso types and you could see right through them 
things moving on their own accord, going down into the basement, and like this shadowy figure just appears, and like, and they showed it on Unsolved Mysteries, and that was the scariest thing in my mind. <laughs> there was a case on Unsolved Mysteries that was really famous a few a few years before on a show called um, That's Incredible. Um, but they, they also did it on Unsolved Mysteries, and it was the Toys R Us of Sunnyvale, California, that was haunted by the ghost of Yanni Janssen. Um, they did it, they did it on, they did it on a lot of ghost shows, but there's an infamous story of a Toys R Us that was built over a farm where a traveling preacher kind of worked as a farmhand. He fell in love with the rancher's daughter, and she kind of spurned his love. And in his like anger, he was chopping wood and he slipped and chopped his leg and bled out. So the Toys R Us that was built there, toys would move on their own. Um, girls in the dressing rooms would feel their hair being pulled. Lots of things were going on. So this show called, in, not In Search of, I'm sorry, called That's Incredible, they invited psychic Sylvia Brown. <laughs> <laughs> To, to oh, hold this yeah. seance in there, and this oh, is this is goodness. the first. I this is kind of what brought you forgot about Sylvia Brown, didn't oh, you? Oh my goodness! <laughs> this is kind of what brought Sylvia Brown to like the forefront of um of like television. She was like TV psychic for long, long yeah. times. She was on. She was on the Montel Williams show. Montel like, Williams. I was about to say. I was like, was I on, knew she was like on like was Maury on, or something. She was on. Yeah. She was on Maury Montel. She was always on Montel though. She would always do um, predictions. And unfortunately, people who had like missing loved ones would come be like, "Oh my God, is my daughter yeah. still?" And she'd be like, "No, honey, she's dead." And then they'd find the daughter like next week. No, she was incorrect several times. She was yeah. incorrect so often. Yeah. However. The haunted Sunnyvale case. There is pictures of the ghost there. There's recordings of the seance, and he appears in the background. It is terrifying. And you know what? Do you know what that haunted Sunnyvale Toys R Us when Toys R Us closed became? I don't know. A, a spirit Halloween. <laughs> That's a spirit Halloween. That's appropriate. All of right. course it so, did. Of course it did. Because every closed <laughs> store becomes a spirit Halloween. I think. I think it's now. I think they tore it down, and I think they built an REI there now. But oh. for a while there, it was a spirit Halloween, and I love knowing that. All right. So Unsolved Mysteries is this huge success for. Um, I believe it was on NBC. It was on NBC. Huge success. And it really brought paranormal back into kind of the zeitgeist, the cultural phenomenon. Um, because after during Unsolved Mysteries run, and it ran from like 1987 to 2002, it was on for a long time. During its run, kind of um, similar shows started popping up. Um, one that I want to touch on is Sightings. And Sightings was, that was my jam when I was a kid, I, yeah. I would watch, I would watch sightings and it would like terrify me. I'd be like terrified of being abducted by aliens. Um, I like, it just, Ooh, um, very yeah. much, very much kind of, kind of, it wasn't as, it wasn't as in high regard as 
Unsolved Mysteries because it was completely paranormal. Like Unsolved Mysteries is kind of true crimey, but un- yeah. uh, Sightings was just completely paranormal. Um, going back to the Queen Mary, the sight- Sightings did a few episodes on there with psychic Peter James, who was um, he was he was a good psychic. Like you could get like for our listeners who are not familiar with the Queen Mary, there is allegedly a little girl ghost who haunts the first class swimming pool. Um, and on sightings, they have recordings of her audibly talking to the psychic. Now it it could it could be a speaker hidden in the pool room somewhere. I mean it it you know going to devil's advocate debunk mode for a yeah. moment. I'm googling um, Peter James right now because I don't remember him. You don't remember him? He was on all the time, and he was he was for a long time the Queen Mary's like resident in house mm. psychic. So um, he's the one who really popularized the theory that the dressing room in the pool room is like the vortex of where the spirits yes. come and go. Um, he's the one who named the little girl ghost Jackie. And unfortunately, he's also the one who kind of started the story that became the legend of B340. Mm. He's the one who said that there was like a horrible murder, a husband murdered his wife and then killed himself on the ship, which is all buckus. What really happened was a woman um a woman traveling on the ship learned that her hu- her daughter and his husband like that he murdered her and then murdered himself, but they were in Virginia at the time. Mm. And she learned about it on the Queen Mary. So He's he's kind of a not the best of witnesses, but he yeah. he was a great like he was good on sightings. One of the cases on sightings that still to this day gives me the chills is they've they were the ones to break the story of the Sally haunting in Kansas, um, which is this house where a husband and wife were living there with their little girl. And the husband and wife kept seeing the the spirit of a little girl, like, running to the next room. Or, like, it wasn't, I mean, sorry, they were living with their baby. It wasn't, like, a toddler. They would see, like, the spirit of, like, a six-year-old child running to the Mm -hmm. next room or appearing out of the corner of their eyes. And the little girl ghost did not like the husband. And so she'd start scratching him. And so he'd be, like, interviewed for sightings, and he'd lift up his shirt, and he'd see scratches just start forming across is, his chest. Is that the episode arm. you sent me? With yes. Was, oh, yes, okay. it is. So I was going to mention that I am always skeptical when people have scratches or wounds from a spirit on their left side, because most people are mm-hmm. right-handed. You know what I mean? Oh. So I know it, what you mean. I noticed. Oh. Yes. Go ahead. No. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah that's that's very see because i've been i've been for years trying to debunk that because he will lift up his shirt mm. like he's talking i, I just to the viewers at home <laughs> listeners at home i just lifted up my shirt no scratches for him but like he's talking to the producers and scratches would just start appearing on his chest like you he'd lift up his shirt and you would see like bloody welts and scratches yeah. just appear like it's it it was yeah it was intense um it i feel i feel that sightings kind of jumped on the bandwagon that mm-hmm. unsolved mysteries began but what really kind of opened the floodgates for paranormal and caused it to be very much popular in um 
television in this era. Like I'm talking like 1992 all the way to like 2010 was the X-Files. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been watching so much of the X-Files. I, I like it's it's my like it's my like comfort show right now. And I only watch the Monster of the Week episodes. I don't like the the overarching complicated mythology i like the like Mulder and scully go to x town solve this case yes yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah i've seen so much so much of that show ha- hands down though my favorite episode is the crossover with cops that is oh, oh my god x cops best episode ever oh my best goodness episode ever that so i mean what I... truly scary though because it's uh-huh. happening in real time like uh-huh. ugh, ugh. <laughs> and you never you so because so in that episode they did so much based off of cops production they had the cops production crew doing it because in that era they were filming in la after season five or so david duchovny's like hey can we film in la um i'd rather that way he doesn't have to travel to vancouver and stuff mm-hmm. like that so when they were in that era, they were able to film episodes like they filmed an episode on the Queen Mary. They filmed the episode X Cops and they used the cops production crew because it was another Fox show. They used actual police, police officers as, you know, extras in it. Um, And it, like you said, it's, it's, it's funny to an extent, but it's also like, this is terrifying because the monster appears to each person as their most like feared the thing that they fear the most. And but so, you never see the monster. They never, never actually see never it. Never see the monster. You just see you see how other people react to the monster. And that's just yeah. ooh, that's chilling. Um, because like kind of what Stephen not Stephen King, but uh Steven Spielberg says in, in regards to Jaws, your mind will make up something so much scarier than seeing an actual monster. That's why in Jaws you barely see the monster. You like when you can just imagine it, it's way scarier. Yeah. Um, I would be remiss to bring up the X Files without bringing up the show that inspired the X Files in the seventies, Kolchak the Night Stalker, which is about a um, he's an investigative journalist who keeps coming across like paranormal cases, um, like voodoo dolls, and in one episode, Helen of Troy is like sucking the youth out of people, and in one episode. A um, a monster appears as as someone you trust the most to get close to you. Like it's a very good episode. Also tying back to the Queen Mary, they filmed an episode on the Queen Mary there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kolchak the Night Stalker. It didn't last very long, but it's it's a good show. I would strongly suggest watching it. I think it is streaming on Peacock. Um, I think it only has like 13 episodes or so. It inspired the X-Files. It inspired, It very much inspired the X-Files. Um, they even have the the actor who played Carl Kolchak, Darren McGavin, come in for a few episodes as a different character. Like he's supposed to be the person who set up the X-Files. Mm. Um, another, an, a few other episodes of the X-Files that I just instantly popped to mind. Um, Bad Blood is an episode where Mulder and Scully go to like a small town to investigate um, to investigate a murder. And then it ends up with like Mulder staking someone so they have to get their story right. And that oh. episode includes Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson's like the town sheriff. It's a good episode. Is that um, where they find out that it's like vampires? 
in yeah. the episode. Oh, okay. That, Spoiler, sorry, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I mean the Fine. whole the whole episode the whole episode is about vampires though. Like it's not that much of a spoiler. Um, the, the way the vampire's eyes glowed green was just so chilling to me. And that was kind of the first episode, that's not the first episode, the first time I really understood the kind of mythology of vampires having to count grains and untie knots and things like that. Because they really did that in that episode. Um, a lot of people think about the Fluke Man episode. It was called, like, I want to say Host. And it's basically this, um, this, like, primordial creature that was grown out of Chernobyl wastes gets into the sewer system and starts attacking people and like infecting them with his like babies and stuff really creepy episode um another episode that's really classic is called humbug that is set in like in Florida where like the circus folk would like vacation during the summer they set up a community there and so it's it's about like circus performers sideshow performers oh, and that's living their lives but then like they start getting like where the guy has like the twin yeah, like the, the, the fiji yeah oh yes oh my gosh fun story so you know the circus performer enigma who is like featured in that episode yeah. he's the one with yeah, he the, was in that episode yeah the puzzle pieces uh yeah. he used to live in my building in um <laughs> LA and I also ran into him at the CVS in North Hollywood one time uh but he is a real person and he's very normal so yeah I mean more or less more or less <laughs> you know on the inside but he's not like he's not like crawling about and like in, he's not like crawling about in like lakes catching fish to eat raw and like no. he's yeah, not eating no. anyone's join twin or anything yeah. like that like on the x-files he, he kept the to himself was, in the elevator yeah <laughs> the, the x-files was such a big big impact on the culture that everywhere you would start seeing specials like alien abduction no not alien abduction yeah there was a special called alien abduction factor fiction on upn which was kind of a found footage movie about a family celebrating a birthday and then they get abducted by aliens. But they presented it like a documentary special, like this is a found video and this is this family's actual last, they're missing oh, and stuff. Um, yeah, 13-year-old me thought that was real and was like up for like five nights afraid aliens they, were gonna get them. They did that in England like in Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch, yes. 1992's Ghost Watch. I was gonna bring up Ghost Watch next. Oh, okay. Um, with uh with Craig Charles, my like first crush. Um <laughs> Ghost Watch? Ghost Watch is terrifying. It yes. is terrifying. And imagine imagine just kind of tuning in to your, you know, regular and it's like, oh, it's a, our regular scheduled show is preempted. So that we can present to you this special Halloween investigation. It's basically the story of the Enfield poltergeist. But they used like people that like imagine like like I'm trying to think of like who is on the news right now, but like, you know, like actual news presenters and like TV oh, yeah. presenters that and they weren't they were they weren't playing characters they were playing themselves themselves yeah but, and yeah craig, speaking of craig charles he was like 
host of Robot Wars. Uh, he was on several British shows. My favorite show ever, Red Dwarf. Uh, he's yes. like this bumbling, lovable, slobby guy. But his personality as like a TV presenter is like very likable and sweet. And so you trust him, you know, and he's, yeah, and then he's this like, whole thing. And he's like, he's interviewing the like neighborhood people. And then the ghost is like in the background there. They hid that MFR in like different scenes. And if you're just watching it and they like pan and you just see him in the background. Ah, yeah. so yeah. scary. So scary. Yeah. And people watching that thought it was real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so alien abduction, factor alien abduction, incident in Lake County, that's what it was called. Then um alien alien autopsy, factor fiction, that hit the airs. <laughs> um I thought that was real for like yeah. years, years and years and years, because if Jonathan Frakes tells me it's real, I'm going to believe it's real. <laughs> Um, along the same time frame, we had specials like Breaking the Magician's Code, like the Mass Magician era. Oh, yeah. I love that show. I love learning how all of that stuff works, though. Oh, yeah. Great show. Great yeah. show. Um, there was there was a really tacky Lance Burton magician special that it was supposed to be like in Area 51. And he causes a UFO to appear. And then he gets in the UFO and it flies to the the theater where he's doing the magic show and then an alien comes off of like all of his like his like lovely assistants like are quote-unquote teleporting out of the ufo and then an alien comes out and does the macarena because it's 1997 oh my god oh <laughs> like, my god like, it, it's, like this is this era in tv was wild like like ev i remember every halloween season there would always be like specials about like mary shelley or you know this haunting or that haunting like so mm -hmm. many specials about ghosts and hauntings and paranormal things just because it was just you know people were hungry for that mm. um another another special i remember is it was like scariest ghosts caught on tape and our besties ed and lorraine warren were of course all over that nonsense yeah and there was video of like a family who had like very very heavy poltergeist activity and like this kid is trying to do his homework and the poltergeist is like shaking the chair behind them and the table's tipping and like it's like a victorian seance watching that now i can totally tell that it's the parents tipping the table like oh, the parents no. are like tipping the child but you can kind of tell that they're like kind of tipping it like i can tell that now um yeah we're going now we're going into like the early 2000s and there are yeah. specials like scariest places on earth hosted by linda blair remember that oh show? my gosh uh, vaguely but you know that you're just show... like really like helping me understand why i'm who i am today oh heck uh, yeah because <laughs> this is what we grew up watching this is like we were saturated with this um the 90s also my grandparents called it new age but like it was kind of like people were getting more spiritual they were into more like they were into more stories of like like miracles and mm -hmm. and angel angelic intervention and that that kind of inspired the producers of on CBS to produce a, sh a little show 
that I watch every Sunday, my my church, Touched by an Angel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, um, I also watch that show all the time as well. Um, it's, it's, it's a good show. <laughs> like, it's just so funny because I was watching like <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Touched by an Angel like at the same time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the producers were like, originally were like, we, this isn't necessarily a Christian show. This is a show for all people. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to think about someone out there watching over you, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's kind of, that's kind of like why I watch it. Cause it's kind of reassuring to think about. Um, I, I quite agree with you, Tia. Monica is in fact the worst. Monica's the worst. She gets into so much trouble. Uh, she, she, and she's like really bad about appearing at the wrong time. You know, I love the episodes where she's yes! going, but, uh, or someone's going through like something like, like there was one episode where this woman, she was like, am I having a nervous breakdown right now? And Monica goes, yes. She's like, no, I'm an angel. Yeah. She says, well, no, she says, yes, you are. And then she appears as the angel. And it's like the worst. Yeah. Like, why would you do this to someone? She's like, having- I love, I, I, oh. I love that immaculate backlighting they do on them when they appear as oh, angels. Yeah. yeah. Like, ping, I am an angel. God loves you. Like, oh, I love that. But that that also goes into that like 90s paranormal TV zeitgeist because, you know, angelic sightings are also up there with UFO sightings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the 2000s, we've got Scariest Places on Earth. We've got MTV's Fear. Do you remember MTV's Fear? No. Uh, oh well, let me let me let me get you like kind of caught up with what the premise of the show is. So you, there's a team, and they're sent to a um, haunted place, and then they're shown like a video of like the the story of the quote unquote haunted place, mm-hmm. and then they have to do dares related to that haunted place. So um, like usually it's like you have to sit in like like the morticians the the cooler of a mortician's office or you have to sit you know in this place in pure darkness on radio silence for x amount of time and of course it's a place where allegedly like some horrible murder happened or something like that they did it was one of the scariest shows i would watch as a kid um they were a little they were a little loose with the um the the stories of these places but they did go to plenty of actual haunted places like the Lemp Mansion. I remember they did an episode there. Um, the Lemp Brewery, actually, not the mansion, which um, they got the story right. Like, at least they got the story right for that one. Um, but, like, I, I remember watching that as a kid and being terrified because it being reality TV and flat-out reality TV, they they put, like, you know, sound effects and things to like kind of get the people hyped up and scared. Yeah. And, you know, especially after like, it would be like a a few days of, of challenges. So they'd be like sleep deprived and things like that. And so you're a little, you're a little more apt to imagine things when you're in that state. Yeah. Um, They, um, scariest places on earth with Linda Blair 
mm. kind of did the same thing, but they would send like a family to like Chillingham Castle. And then they'd show like a scary story of like what happened there. And then they'd have to do dares. There. So it was kind of the same situation. I kind of wish they would bring that back. I kind of yeah. wish they would bring back that sort of TV show. Who would, who would you want to um, host it? If you could pick scariest uh, places. I know I would Linda Blair's still around. Yeah. They would just true. have her like what she would just be walking her pit bulls. That'd be yeah. like, what yeah. makes a place scary. The only yeah. problem is it was near. I, I believe it was narrated by Zelda Rudenstein. I don't know who that is. So Poltergeist, the medium, Tangina Barons. Oh. She has a little voice up here like oh. this. <laughs> like she, oh, she yes. would narrate it and she's dead. And that was like a big part of the show. Um, knowing knowing reality TV, I feel like um, Zach Bagans would probably be the one that they would pick to like host like yeah. Scariest Places on Earth 2023. Well, don't, don't bring it back if it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I would um, want you to host it. I'm going to put that into the oh, heck yeah. Hex yeah. I will put that <laughs> into the scary. But it would be, they'd have to like rebrand it like spookiest places on earth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, we completely forgot the kids' shows of the 90s that had oh, to do with yeah. We totally skipped them. Oh my God. The 90s was perfect for scary kids' shows. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Perfection. Goosebumps. Not as good. I'm going to be I'm going to be very 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 controversial and say Goosebumps was not as good as Are You Afraid of the Dark. I will fight you later. I, um, I'm I'm going to be very controversial on this. I'm going to yes. be very controversial on this. Um, um I love Are You Afraid of the books? So, I uh-huh. love the show. The show so literally terrified me. Um, I'm afraid of rubber masks because of goosebumps. Haunted mask. Oh my I'm god, afraid, mask. I'm afraid to put my hand under the sink because of the episode with the potato whatever thing that <laughs> is under the sink. Um, yeah. Uh, we could go on to how traumatized I am as an adult because of that. But, joke, but, but are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Did it all first? And they did it all with Canadians. Actually, they both did it with Canadians. But, mm-hmm. like, I... Oh, I remember... Because Are You Afraid of the Dark would be on at the end of SNCC. Remember? It would be, like, 9.30. Like, you are way up past your bedtime. Yeah. And it's about to come on. And you hear that creepy theme song. I feel that the best paranormal shows have the creepiest theme songs. Oh, yeah. Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, even Goosebumps. Goosebumps has a rockin' theme song, especially oh, yeah. when the dog yeah. starts when the dog starts barking along. It's my favorite yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, um, for the spooky fans out there, if you want to uh, create the fire effect in Are You Afraid of the Dark, you just need powdered coffee creamer, apparently. Um, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> another thing is they never, because Nickelodeon was so like kind of they didn't want kids to be shown how to make a fire. Yeah. They would never show them making the campfire, but they would always show them putting out the campfire. At the you end. You that? But I thought that was always so sweet putting... at the end when they put it out and that was like, the story's over. We have to go home. Yeah. And I thought that was, it was a good uh, way to end it, you know? I, 
did you ever did you ever do anything like that like you're going camping and you're telling ghost stories around the fire yeah oh yeah yeah uh so when when I was young I went to diabetic summer camp <laughs> and there was allegedly a mining train that crashed in the woods out there by where our summer camp is and the trestle was still standing Mm. And they called it the haunted trestle. And there's like a legend that like late at night you could hear the trains going by, the 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 mining train going by. And like if you're still up when you hear that, the miners will take you into the afterlife with them. Like really creepy story to tell a bunch of like 10-year-olds who just yeah. tested their blood sugars before bed. <laughs> so so we're all and and this this camp, like we all slept on like a deck. So like you look up and the stars are above you and like it was gorgeous but you always woke up with like mist like dew on you everywhere so i remember one night they just told us that story at campfire and then we're all in bed and then our mf and camp counselors come by with the train oh <laughs> of course they um, did all right so so 90s is a great time for kids kids to be scared there were so many like goosebumps um scary stories to tell in the dark like that was the literature we were brought up on oh yeah and so of course it would translate to tv as well yeah um like even shows even shows that didn't have like paranormal themes like salute your shorts had like one of the scariest halloween episodes ever. oh yeah oh yeah when they go to the cave yeah yeah. Oh, Punky Brewster with the cave. That was the eighties, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah. Um. So yeah. What was That's that? Probably one. one what was the one show where that girl turned into like the goo, or like oh, the Secret World of Alex Mack. Alex Mack. Yes. Uh, I, I watched this other show that Mack. a lot of people probably have never heard of, but I'm gonna hope that you've heard of it. It was called Strange Days at Blake Holsey High. Yes, I have. I have heard. Of, I've never seen an episode of it, but I know about it. It it is in that wheelhouse of. Uh, it it is there. There was so many shows like that. Um, Eerie Indiana. Do you remember Eerie Indiana? Oh yes, yeah. I would say Strange Days at Blake Holsey High is like a ripoff of Eerie Indiana, but like set in a private school. You know. Yeah, er and Eerie Indiana is itself a ripoff of Twin Peaks. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. I see. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, the 90s were a great time for paranormal TV for kids as well. Um, skipping forward, we're now in the early 2000s. Um, and Ghost Hunters premieres on the Sci-Fi Channel. And this is kind of a, a concept called um, Channel Drift where a channel, like a cable channel, will kind of stray away from its initial kind of what, what it's designed for. So the sci-fi channel starts having paranormal shows like um, Ghost Hunters with Taps. And one of my favorite shows came out of that era. It was called Paranormal Files, Fact or Fate, where they would have a team of experts watch basically viral paranormal videos oh and yes. then they would go uh-huh <laughs> oh yes i remember loving that show so oh, much I, that show needs to come back that show would be perfect to come yes. back nowadays yeah with like tiktok 
and YouTube and all of these, like that was in like, that was in like 2009, 2010 when it came out. Yeah. And it, you know, it, um, it was one, it was the first show to talk about the Fresno Nightcrawlers, which is my hometown cryptid. And now Fresno Nightcrawlers are all over cryptozoology and things mm-hmm. like that. But they went to Fresno it, and they tried to. It was interesting though, that they would watch like, yeah, the viral videos and everything. Uh-huh. And it was like, early 2000s was just like the very beginning of the YouTube viral video as well. YouTube viral videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They went to Fresno to like kind of debunk the Fresno Nightcrawler. They tried a kid in long johns. They tried a puppet. They tried different things. They're like, we can't explain what this thing is, (laughs) but they debunked, they did debunk a lot too. And that's what I like. I like when paranormal things will also debunk. They won't just instantly say that's a demon or, oh my God, you're so haunted. I like when they debunk things as well. On the other end, we have on the animal planet, Lost Tapes. Oh, that sounds familiar. Do you remember Lost Tapes? Lost Tapes. Lost Tapes marginally goes with like the theme of Animal Planet because it's cryptozoology themed. And its premise is, okay, this person is doing this. And they're recording it and they end up going missing after they have an encounter with this legendary creature. So they had episodes about hellhounds, Bigfoot, the Oklahoma octopus. Um, in later seasons, they had episodes about like zombies, like, but they would go into like the mythology. They would go into like, like this, this cryptid is based on this type of animal. These are things that this animal does when haunting, when haunting, when hunting, and it you know it was a very it was a very scary show but it was also a very like educational show because it taught you about animals really (laughs) um and that kind of brings us to where we are today with paranormal tv where the travel channel is entirely paranormal tv (laughs) Yeah, we've got Bigfoot shows. We've got we've got shows about aliens. We've got everything you want, and and it's so I, I, so oversaturated. Like yeah, everybody's it's ghost not, hunter, you it's, know. And it's not it's not the same vibes as the '90s though. Yeah. It really isn't. Like I kind of wish that there would be like another show like Sightings. I mean, Netflix did their take on Unsolved Mysteries. And I know this is going to be another thing that we're not going to agree about. You loved it. But I'm like, this isn't the same. It doesn't have the same vibe. Yeah. because it's. I appreciated that they didn't try to have a new host, you know, for yeah. it because no one can replace Robert Stack, you know. I mean, they tried. They tried and it wasn't I good. like all of those shows. So it really didn't really matter to me too much that it was like very different from the original Unsolved Mysteries. You know, I just appreciated did, it for what it was. They did a really good episode about um, ghosts of the tsunami in Japan. Oh, yes. Terrifying. That was a good Absolutely episode. Absolutely heartbreaking. That was a terrifying. very good episode. Yeah. Um, they did. I Didn't they do an episode about the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident? I think they did one there, too. Maybe, they did yeah. more. They did more true crime and just a little sprinkling of paranormal. Yeah. Um, um on on peacock all the episodes of paranormal witness from sci-fi do you remember paranormal witness 
No, not really, but that um that's a show where like these people go through a paranormal experience and they tell their story and then they reenact it. Yeah. Uh, that, they had some good episodes of that. I um, love that was, celebrity ghost stories. I love celebrity ghost stories. And they are now streaming on Peacock. Not Peacock, yeah. I'm sorry, on Dis- Disney+. Plus. Yes. Some of those were pretty scary. There's one episode of... Uh, oh, what is her name? She's Ricky Rue Nelson. Like what is it Rue McClanahan had an episode where like I want to say her neighbor like committed suicide and she like interacted with his ghost oh yeah no it was uh the daughter of Ricky Nelson who was on some shows in like the 70s lived in Errol Flynn's old house and the ghost of Errol Flynn comes and that episode is very freaky because he says happy new year to her and then her father, Ricky Nelson, dies in a plane crash on New Year's. Oh, my God. It's so um, creepy. I, you know? I remember Regis, Regis Philbin came on that show. And yes, he did, yes. He did an episode where he talks about the Whaley House. Yes, yeah, yeah. He, he, in, in the 50s, he did a, like, I think it might have been the 60s by then. He did like a TV, a TV special where they held a seance in the Whaley house with um, Hans Holzer. And they and Regis saw like a ghost come down the stairs, like full on upper mm-hmm. body, like manifestation coming down the stairs. <coughs> yeah. Yeah, so we're we're not I don't want to say we're in another renaissance of paranormal TV because like you said it's kind of oversaturated market. Like there's at least 15 shows on Netflix. There's Haunted, yeah. which is very much like paranormal, very much like Paranormal Witness. There's um 28 Days Haunted based on the theories of Ed and Lorraine Warren. That oh. one was that one was that one was well, it was a show. That yeah. was something <laughs> Um, there's like, like I said, the entire travel channel is now a paranormal TV show. Um, I just, I'm just kind of wistful for the days, wistful for the days when I had to wait to watch sightings once a week and then have nightmares about alien abductions. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, it is the era of kids like us being adults now and that's probably why it's very oversaturated now is because we crave for that nostalgia of when we were young and you know that whole feeling we want that back but it's lightning in a bottle that can't be recreated you know unfortunately yes ma'am yes ma'am but that's yeah. not, it's, it's now it's now all on YouTube though. <laughs> like, yes. Those kind yeah. of shows, those kind of shows that we would watch as kids have kind of become like YouTube content creators and like, like TikTok content creators and podcasts. That's true. <laughs> not unlike you or myself, you know. <laughs> yeah. But those yeah. those kids who would watch sightings and unsolved mysteries growing up are now telling about those sightings and unsolved mysteries yeah uh but yeah oh my heart is broken but I also am full of love for such 90s nostalgia um but yeah thank you for um 
bringing uh, all of that today. Uh, I loved going down memory lane with you. Uh, Heck yeah. Over all of that. Uh, I love talking to you. I feel like uh, other than the fact that we disagree on who is the better Colleen on Dr. Quinn, <laughs> uh, which is good. I will die on the full, hill that Colleen too is the better one. <laughs> full episode, we will discuss the ins and outs of Dr. Quinn. <laughs> Dr. Quinn. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I do need to wrap up this episode before we run out of time. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show again. You can find uh, Mitchell on TikTok at Mr. Spooky 13. Uh, if you like anything spooky, uh, please, please, please follow him. Uh, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. You probably already found us if you're listening. <laughs> We're also on YouTube, uh, but more to come in the future. Thank you again, Mitchell. And I hope everyone has a wonderful day. Stay spooky, everyone. Ooh. Ooh.